Welcome to Bethel Cleveland's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information on this podcast and other resources, please go to BethelCleveland.com. Did something, uh, did something for the first time this week that I never thought I would do. Do you want to know? I, I, I downloaded a, a Justin Bieber album. <laughs> Mike, don't, don't revoke my man card. Don't, don't revoke my man card. I was overwhelmed by peer pressure. <clears throat> Justin Bieber came out with a, uh, uh, a new EP uh, album this, this week, how, or a couple weeks ago, I guess it was. How, how many have downloaded it? Yeah, just a splattering of hands there just went up. <laughs> but it was a, uh, it was a, it was, it came up on the, on iTunes under the Christian genre. The title of the album is Freedom, um, if you don't know that, and so in that album, Justin is talking about his faith and, and uh, how God is working in his life. How many of you knew that, that God was working in Justin Bieber's life? Yeah, yeah. So I thought, well, let me, let me, let me download this and, and see. But the, the, the reason why I'm telling you that is not really to tell you my downloading music listening habits. The reason why I'm telling you that is because there's an assignment on Justin's life. The same as there is an assignment on every one of our lives. There's an assignment. I was talking to, I was talking to uh, Justin, uh, Justin Bieber's mom. Uh, they attended a Catch the Fire church in Canada. That's where they got saved in the Catch the Fire Church in Stratton, Canada. And so I was talking to, I just happened to be past, uh, friends with the pastor there at the church. And so I was talking to him this week and just asking him uh, about, about the story. And he was telling me that at the time, he wasn't the senior leader. He was the youth pastor at the church. And Justin Bieber's mom, Patty, was pregnant, was 18 years old, and was pregnant at the time, and she was going to have an abortion, but he, he led a, uh, uh, a mission, a youth mission in downtown Stratford, and Patty ended up there at this, at this youth mission, pregnant with Justin, wanting to have an abortion, but they led Patty to the Lord, that day when she came down there decided to have the baby and Justin Bieber was born and he lived there he lived there and they went to they went to the catch the fire uh ministry went to the catch the fire church there um for for many years actually until uh Justin Bieber was uh discovered by by Scooter Braun I believe it is and uh and then they moved to to Atlanta when he was 12 years old and and I'm telling you all this because there's, there is an assignment for every one of us. The reality is, is that, you know, Justin's story gets told or somebody else's story gets told. And, and so we, we think that these assignments in life are relegated to those 
stories that really get shared and and we look at our own life and I'm like man I, I feel like I'm you know I'm, I'm not you know uh, Justin Bieber I'm not world known I'm not you know living you know you know have my name on the marquee that doesn't matter the reality is the truth is in God's word every one of us he's got a plan for every single one of us and he's got a purpose for every single person sitting here in this church and you know we look at the bible even and we begin reading stories of uh, about david or about esther or about you know gideon or you know you pick your favorite paul or peter and that and we're like man these guys they changed the world and man what they did was absolutely amazing and if we just look at their life we begin to measure ourselves and our assignment to to their assignment and we automatically begin to disqualify ourselves because my life doesn't seem to measure up to their life. And, but the reality is, is that, that I, I, I look at it this way. The Lord took a handful of individuals and told their story and put it in the pages of a book of what we call the Bible. But truth be known, there were countless other stories probably that, that were never told of men and women that, that did amazing exploits, great exploits for the Lord. And their names were never written or their stories were never told in, in, in the pages of the Bible, but they did great things for the Lord because there was an assignment on their life just like there was an assignment on Moses and David and, and Samuel and Ruth and, and Esther and you, you name them. There's an assignment. And I want us to go to, to Exodus chapter 3, and we're going to read a story about Moses. And, and we're going to talk about the assignment that was on his life and the, and the yes that he said to the fire. So if I got a title for my message, if you'd like to write down titles, the title is Yes to the Fire. He said yes to his assignment. And that's a big, big step because I often wonder... See, see I, I fully and truly believe with strong conviction that I was born for a reason and for a purpose. I believe that. I wasn't an accident. I wasn't a mistake. I wasn't, you are not here by accident. You are not here because your mom and your dad got together in the back seat of a Chevy pickup truck or something, you know? And, and, and you know, out, you know, they got, you got pregnant. They got pregnant. No. And that might have happened. But that doesn't disqualify you. That doesn't disqualify you from the assignment that God has for your life because the word says that he knew you from the beginning of time. He knew you before the foundations of the earth. And he had every one of your, your days numbered and planned out for you. And I sit there and I drive by and I'm, on a, I'm on a, at a stoplight and I look over and I see somebody holding a sign asking for money or asking for food. And I'm like, that is not your assignment. That was not what you were created for. I wonder... How many other Michael Jordans were born? That abandoned their assignment. How many other George Washington Carvers were born that was supposed to help discover and create 
the use of a peanut. I wonder how many other Billy Grahams were born. They were saved. They were sitting in a church just like you. But they never could fully come to the, to the realization that they were called because they disqualified themselves or because they might have measured themselves next to somebody else. I look at these people and I think about their lives. What was it? What, what's happened in your life standing there that's brought you to a point where you're standing there now holding a sign, asking for money? Some of us, we're not standing on a street corner holding a sign, asking for money. But we are standing on a proverbial street corner with a sign saying, I don't know what my purpose is in life. I don't know what I'm called to do. I'm lost. Can someone help me? I've been beat down and I'm tired and I want to give up. Those are signs I think many people in the church are holding. Not asking for money. Oh, and we come in and we got our smile on. And Rachel comes up and asks us how we're doing. I'm like, oh man, we're doing, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. All the, all, all the while you're holding this, this, this sign internally saying I'm, I'm hurting, I'm struggling, I'm lost, I'm depressed. I don't feel like I know what my purpose here is. Can anyone agree? Can anyone? I don't know. This be, yeah, there we go. I see those two hands. Because you know, there's many times I think, I feel that same way at times. Like what in the world? is my assignment. Why was I created? But even though I know it, Moses, let's read this story about Moses. And uh, uh, I think we can, we can go someplace here. Um, I'm going to jump around. I'm going to start in chapter three at verse one, and I'm going to jump around a little bit so that I can just kind of cover this story as quickly as I can. Okay. So um, you may just want to follow along. I'm reading from the new American standard version. So now Moses, verse one, now Moses was pastoring the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. So Moses said, I must turn aside and see this marvelous sight why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near, remove your sandals from your feet for the place which you are standing is holy ground. Verse 7, and the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people for, who are in Egypt and have given heed to their cry because of their taskmasters, for I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey. Verse 11, but Moses said to God, who am I? Who am I? That's the, that's the, the $64,000 question right there. Who am I? 
Who am I? We've all asked it. We're asking it probably this morning. Probably going to ask it tonight. Who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, certainly I will be with you and this shall be a sign to you that it is I who have sent you when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God at this mountain. Chapter four, verse 10. Then Moses said to the Lord, please, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither recently nor in time past, nor since thou hast spoken to thy servant, for I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. And the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Or who makes him dumb or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now then go and I, even I, will be with your mouth and teach you what you are to say. But he said, please, Lord, now send the message by whomever thou wilt. If we jump down to the verse 18, final verses. Then Moses departed and returned to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, Please let me go, that I may return to my brethren who are in Egypt and see if they are still alive. And Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. Now the Lord said to Moses and Midian, Go back to Egypt, for all the men who were seeking your life are dead. So Moses took his wife and his sons and mounted them on a donkey and returned to the land of Egypt. Moses also took the staff of God in his hand And the Lord said to Moses, when you go back to Egypt, see that you perform before Pharaoh all the wonders which I have put in your power. All right, let's let's stop there. Moses was called. We all know the, the story of Moses. Most of us probably, if we've been in the church at any time, if we haven't been in the church, maybe you've watched the movie, Charlton Heston, Moses. I mean, that's... You know, you know how this thing goes. He gets, you know, he's born. He gets put into the, the baskets, put into the Nile River. He floats down the, the, to the, the Nile and comes across the Pharaoh's palace. And there's uh, Pharaoh's daughter out there, sees this basket floating down the, the river. And she grabs the basket and voila, there's a little baby in there. And Moses is, is that baby. He had an assignment on his life and he calls us he's called every one of us he's called every one of us we may not stand behind the pulpit we may not be in ministry because a lot of times we think when someone is called that's to ministry no he has called every one of us to to accomplish and to fulfill a purpose you have an assignment here you have a platform that I can't stand on that platform is unique to you that platform is not made for me it's made for you and the people that that you will encounter on that platform is just specifically for people that you will reach and so if you don't move and operate within the assignment that you were created on that platform I truly believe that there may be people that will never hear the gospel I think God is a good God and God will send and in his mercy he'll send other people but I'm telling you we'll miss the opportunity to be a blessing in people's lives if we don't walk in the assignment that we have. Moses was set apart. It gives us a story of just a snapshot into one person's life. 
of how God set him apart. But this could be the story of your life. And here he is, he's floated down, he's been called out, he's been, been plucked out of the Nile River. It only took a minute to draw the baby out of the water. But it took 40 years to draw the leader out of Moses. And there he was raised as an Egyptian. He was raised with the privileges, with the education, with everything that he needed to be a leader. But inside of Moses, there was anger. There was, there was frustration. He was, he was raised as an Egyptian, but he was born as a Hebrew. And within him, there was this anger, and he killed a man out of his frustration and out of his anger. And so here, this, this chosen child, this one that was set apart to, to fulfill an assignment, to fulfill a purpose in his life, he is now a murderer and a convict, and he's on the run. And he finds his way to Jethro, his father-in-law, uh, on the backside of a desert. And it was there where he began to shepherd his father-in-law's sheep. He'd gone from the, from the palace and Pharaoh and all everything that, that he could ever want to living on the backside of a desert in obscurity as a convict, as one that was running from the, from the law, hoping that he wouldn't be discovered. But it was there in that, in, in that assignment that the Lord put him in where the Lord taught him how to lead sheep because he, that, he would eventually, what he learned about leading sheep, he would eventually learn and, 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 and apply it to leading people, the people of Israel out of Egypt. And we often look at our assignments and where we are currently at and we get frustrated because we don't like our current situation. We don't like the job that we have. We don't like being around the people that we're around. And we get frustrated because we complain and we're, we're upset and, and we, we, we moan and we groan because I don't like the assignment. But maybe, just maybe, it's preparation for what he has for you. And if we could embrace and trust the Lord that my current position and that my current place of where I'm living and my income and my education and everything else and the people that I'm working with that I can't stand. I love everyone here. I love everyone I work with. but for you that don't like who you're working with. Maybe the Lord's put you, maybe the Lord's put you there to train you, to teach you, to refine you, to sharpen off those edges. He had Moses there for 40 years in obscurity. And we often think that we, we've got a promise or a prophetic word or we had a, we had a dream, a, a literal dream of this is what we would be doing, whatever. Maybe when you were a child and you're like, I always wanted to do this, but you find yourself doing the exact opposite of what you felt you were called to do. Hang on, you are in good company. 40 years on the backside of a desert. 25 years Abraham waited for the promised seed. 16 years, I believe it was, that David was anointed king before he actually became king. He was, he was chased and, 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 and trying to, you know, Saul was trying to kill him. Man, we got a promise today. 
just because it doesn't happen tomorrow doesn't mean it's not God or doesn't mean that you didn't miss your assignment or doesn't mean that, that, that you failed. Hang on. I tell you, David... He didn't understand and realize that when the lion and the bear was attacking him, that that was just a preparation for one day you're going to slay a giant that is coming against my people. But I'm telling you, listen, I bet, I bet when that lion came against David, he was like, what in the world is going on, Lord? I mean, he, he had... <laughs> You know, he might have needed to check his drawers a little bit. I don't know. I mean, you got to, these are real people. Can you imagine if you're out on this, you know, in Africa and the, you know, the safari and, and all of a sudden a lion comes up and it starts attacking? What, what's your reaction going to be? David was not thinking, oh, hey, I, this is good. I'm so prepared and I know exactly that this is just preparation for me right now that you know years later there's going to be a big giant and so god just bring this on i'm good with it i really am i'm happy you know the bear comes and hey not a problem i got this i got this lord you know that's not what was going on. i promise you that's not what was going on you know he's scared to death probably but but because of that preparation, because of that situation that he went through back there, when he did see a giant, he's like, I got this, man. The same God that prepared me with the lion and the bear is the same God that's going to take care of this giant. And I don't even need to get face to face with him. I mean, you don't kill a bear or a lion, you know, at least getting in some close proximity here, you know. He's like, I got this. I have totally got this. We have to, I'm telling you, it's hard to embrace our season, our current season. But if we will, it will prepare us for that next season. It will prepare us for that next season. And so here's Moses He's out doing what he does. He's pastoring these sheep. But this day won't be like any other day. I love it. I think it's one of the best things about serving. Well, it's one of the best things about serving the Lord. You just never know what's going to happen. You never know what, who God's going to send your way. You never know who's going to pick up the phone and call you with this dream that they just had about you. It is absolutely awesome. You know, you can just kind of wake up like man what's going to happen today lord and and this day i'm sure he got up like every other day and you know he's out pastoring it but but he's out there says that he was on the far the far west north side of uh of his fa father-in-law's property and he saw this bush that was burning probably not unusual to see a burning bush probably being in the desert in the heat probably lots of bushes burned but this this time this this bush that was burning wasn't being consumed and that got his attention and here he he, he turns aside he turns aside to go and to address this bush that isn't burning i think that's really important that we live in a place even in, 
even when we don't like where we're at, that we are sensitive enough to be able to turn aside. Here's the, because here's the problem. If we're grumbling and complaining, you know who we're most focused on? Ourselves. And when we're focused on ourselves, it is hard to be able to see anything else going on around us because everything is focused inward. That's why it's so important to be able to embrace our season that we're in so that we can get up and we can look and say, man, what is it that the Lord with an optimistic point of view, with a glass half full, what is it that God wants to do in my life? Is that easy? No. Do I do that? No. I mean, let's just be honest. I would like this to tell you because I've got the mic and, you know, I do that all the time. You know, I live my life that way. No, I don't. But I, I want to be conscious to say, Lord, I'm embracing this season that I'm in. But it can be hard seasons that we're in. It can be hard seasons that we're in. And so he turns, he turns aside and he comes over to this bush because God got his attention. And God has this ability, even when we're focused inward, even when we're consumed with ourselves, God has this ability to get our attention. I think COVID got our attention. I think COVID got many of our attention. There was nothing else to do. There was nowhere else to go. But he can use a lot of different things. It could be a financial crisis to get your attention. It could be a sickness to get your attention. It could be a relationship or a divorce to get your attention. It could be a child death to get your attention. But God will get our attention because he loves us. He loves us. Am I saying to you that God sends these things into our life to get our attention? I'm telling you that God will use these things in our life to get our attention. He will. He will get our attention. And he, and he, and he gets Moses' attention this day because he hasn't forgotten about the assignment that was on Moses' life. He hasn't forgotten all those years ago when he was put into a basket and floated down the Nile, it's like, I still have a plan and a purpose for your life. I haven't forgotten. You may think he's forgotten about you. You may think that you don't matter. You may think that there's somebody else that's more important, but I am here to tell you this morning that God hasn't forgotten about your assignment. You matter. You matter to him. We just don't understand the times and the seasons, and that's the problem with, with, with most all of us. It's like, you know, we can't see around corners. We don't know what God's doing, but God is orchestrating your life to fulfill his purposes on this earth. And so he gets his attention, and they begin to have this conversation. And I think this is amazing. I mean, here we've got a bush that is burning and it's not being consumed he's talking to God himself he's you know God's told him take off your shoes where you're standing it's holy ground having this conversation and 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 Moses has the audacity but it's so us it's so us Lord you don't know you don't you don't know what you're doing I mean you just don't know what you're doing Lord I, I am so unqualified 
there are better people, smarter people, wealthier people, more educated people. There are better people to do the assignment that you've given to me. Let me help you. Do you need help finding some? I know some right now that I could, I could talk to them for you. I could tell them about you. I could tell them about the assignment. They would jump at the opportunity. This is what we do. Oh, this is so what we do. We've, got, we've, we've heard the Lord come to us in that still small voice and to speak to us and to give us directions or to give us an assignment or to ask us to do something. And we have, we have absolutely disqualified ourselves. Just like Moses. Moses says, ah, man, maybe, Lord, maybe you forgot. I don't speak very well. I, I get this the, the stuttering problem. My, my tongue is all tied up. I, I, I stutter. I'm slow of speech. I, I can't go and speak to Pharaoh. He'll, he'll laugh at me. I won't be able to get the words out. I, he won't understand. Lord, do you, do you, you, I can't move there. I can't go and do this. I, I don't have the money. Do you realize what kind of money it would take to be able to do this? I, I, Lord, I don't have the ed educate uh, my family. If I told my wife what you've just asked me to do, she, she, there's no way she would go for that. These are all, and there's a thousand more excuses and reasons we give the Lord. I, I, I would venture to say there's two, there's two main reasons why we don't do what the Lord's called us to do. And one is fear, and second is money. We don't feel like we have the resources. Can't do this, can't move there, can't, couldn't leave our job, couldn't step out on faith. Or we're afraid. Never been there before, we've never done that before. This is the way it's all, this is all I am. This is all I know. This is all I know. And so we sit there and we stay in the same place year after year, grumbling about the place that we're in, frustrated about the place that we're in, wondering why the Lord just doesn't download and open up the heavens with a boatload of money so that we could go do what we really wanted to do. When really he's saying, get out of the boat and walk on the water and come to me and I will provide for you. He's really saying to, to, to Joshua, when, when the priests put their feet, how am I going to cross the Jordan River when it's in a flood state right now? Well, when you put your foot on the water, you will watch it part. And, and until we sometimes step out in faith, when we've got a word from the Lord, I got to get it up here in the light because he's in the light. And DC talk right there, man. I went right over it, but, but people said, this is what's happening. He's looking for us to make that first initial step many times. Will you trust me? Will you trust me? I remember when we, Missy and I, we, we were leaving the, the Nazarene church and, and we were moving to Reading. I mean, that in, in and of itself was a miracle that, that my wife, who is, loves Ohio and loves her family and is a homebody, and that she was willing to go to, to California. And it was the Lord. But we go there. I've got two teenagers. I don't, I don't have, I don't, you know, I didn't have resources like I do today. 2007, we moved there. I'm like, Lord, how, I mean, I, I had to 
forgive me. I had to lie to be able to find a place because I didn't have a job. I, like, I had to tell the, the landlord, yeah, I got a job. I'm, my, I'm an itinerant minister. It's the closest thing I could think of to the truth, you know? He wasn't going to give me, he wasn't going to rent that to me. Don't judge me. <laughs> Abraham lied, just throwing that out there. I was trying to figure out what to do. What, how was I going to feed three, three faces? You know, you're not worried about yours. You just got to take care of your wife and your two kids. It was hard times. And I can remember that I, uh, man, it, I, we were just, I was struggling. We were struggling. I was struggling. We were struggling. And, uh, you know, we, what money we did have, we made an investment and that went south. And the guy today, right now today is sitting in jail because he took all of our money and, and ran and, it's just a bad, you know, it's just, it, things got worse. But it was amazing how the Lord provides when you step out. I, I, I got in, you know, because we were just, we were just struggling financially. I mean, like I got to a place like, man, I, I am, I'm behind on my car payments and blah, blah. And I got to figure something out. I got to figure this out. And uh, there was a guy from Worcester that came to Reading. Now, him and I didn't get along very well. It was all his fault. And, uh, and the Lord finally touched him. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's mostly true, but I'm... He came, and, and I couldn't believe that he was out there in Reading. And, and uh, the, he did have an encounter with the Lord, and the Lord was obviously working in my life, being out at Reading and, and that. And so we ended up going out to, to uh, Denny's after uh, he came out for a conference. And so when the conference service was over, we went out to, uh, to Denny's one night and it was just the two of us sitting there. And, and he's a businessman and, and uh, he's, done, he's done very well, but he was a businessman. And so I, and again, I, I preface it by saying that, that we didn't have a great relationship really. But, you know, you could obviously tell the Lord was doing something here for us. And, and, uh, and so I, I started talking to him like, hey, you know what? you know, you know about, you know, banks and loans. And I was just, I was just telling him about, man, I'm trying to figure out a loan to, to be able to, you know, refinance my cars and so forth and blah, blah. And it wasn't one of those situations where, you know, I'm, I'm telling him this cause I'm hoping I'll get something. You ever have those conversations with people? Yeah. 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 I know. I, I know you don't want to raise your hand, but you have those conversations. Like you're really telling them all about this situation. Cause you're hoping that they'll do something for you. It wasn't one of those conversations. I promise you. And uh, so, I, you know, I'm talking to him and he, you know, he's like, hey, how much do you owe? And I'm like, well, you know, I owe 25000 for the both of them. That's what it's left, uh, left on him. And we, we talked a little bit more and, and uh, he finally, you know, the conversation stopped and he looked, he looked at me and he said, uh, I'll write you a check and pay those off for you. Don't have to pay me back. And I'm like, serious? Yeah, but God, Really? And sure enough, before he left that week in Reading, he wrote me a check for 25 grand and I paid off my vehicles. The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide when you step out onto the water and he will always take care of you because this is what happens. Listen, I, I, this story is quite interesting because if I would have read the entire, the entire story to you, you'll, you'll find that it did not go easy for Moses when he went to, when he went to Egypt. 
Everything that could go wrong went wrong, Pharaoh. And it says that the Lord hardened his heart. So here it is, Moses has an assignment, but it's not going well for him. That's a news flash because most of the time we think if the Lord's in it, it's smooth sailing. And we'll get counsel. Well, brother, I tell you, it must not be the Lord because, you know, he would have provided, you know, he would have done this and he would have done that. I tell you, I could take you to story after story after story in the Bible where things did not go well, but God was in it. The key is obedience. The key is obedience. The key is following the cloud. The key is following the fire. The key is following the voice of the Lord. And I'm telling you, I love the counsel of others, but sometimes they are just the distraction from our assignment here on earth. And, and we need to listen to the Lord. Yes, I want people around me to speak into my life. But at the end of the day, I've got to follow that still small voice that says, this is the way, walk ye in it. Even though it may look like it is not going well because it did not go well for Moses. He ends up being out in the desert for 40 years walking around this mountain because he, he brought a stubborn people with him. Like, Lord, I did not ask for this assignment. This is not what I signed up for. Can I go back to that day where I was just pastoring the sheep? But this, this is our assignment. Your assignment may be three people in your life that you'll pour into. It may be discovering something that can bring freedom or healing or something to, to, to people. I don't know what it is. It may be raising godly children up. Jim Dobson's father, James Dobson's father, always wanted to be this, this, this known speaker and evangelist and blah, blah, blah. But he never, no one really ever knows who, his, who James Dobson's father is, but they do know who James Dobson is. His assignment was to raise a son. could have a, a broadcast and a message that would bring healing and hope to families worldwide. I don't know what your assignment is. I don't know what you're called to do. But let me tell you, don't let fear and money keep you from walking in that. You've had arguments and conversations with the Lord that you're disqualified and you're not the right person for the job. The Lord created you. The Lord knows you. The Lord is in his wisdom has called you and picked you out for the assignment and there is more inside of you than what you know. Bill Johnson has said many times, he says, I've, I've never gone nasal gazing and found anything good. That's so true. thinking Janet Porter's here today. She's found her assignment. Her assignment is for the unborn. Her assignment is for injustice. And that injustice takes on many, many faces. But she's walking in her assignment. Has it been an easy road? Has it been an easy road, Janet? Uh, if you only knew the story and the, and the, and the fight and the battles that she's been in. 
It's her assignment. It's not my assignment. I can come along and cheerlead her, but I'm not supposed to be doing what she's doing. It's her assignment. It's unique. What's your assignment? What are you, what are you here for? You see, this is not a message to try to get you more involved and to help at Bethel Cleveland. It's, it's great if that's what happens, but that's not what this message is for. This message is for, for what you're called to do, the people you're called to reach, the businesses that you are called to start, the, 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 the lives you're called to touch. That's what this message is for. Moses embraced his assignment. He didn't want to. I love it. I love that he didn't want to. Makes him feel real. Because there's things that, I, that, that, that the Lord asked me to do and I'm scared to death. Makes it feel real. But I can, I can look back and I can see the faithfulness of God when I stepped out. I can see that God's never failed me. He's never, he's always been there for me. Are you going to say yes to the fire? He said yes to the fire, got up, went to his father-in-law right away and asked if he could go. Don't let time go between your yes and your actual decision. Move on it. The enemy will come and will plant seeds and will send blackbirds to sit on your shoulder to begin chirping away of why this is not a good idea. He said yes and he went immediately. He said yes and he went immediately. Amen. Let's stand. Let's stand. Man, I, I know, I know that this message is for somebody. I, 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 I wrestle with sometimes knowing what to speak on and what to talk on. And, and this, I, I this message came to my mind or this passage came to my mind and I started chewing on it, but I'm still like, ah. Oh. But I was sitting there while I was working on it. I turned on Michael Koulianis on YouTube and his message wasn't on Moses in the fire, but he opened up with a 60-second illustration about Moses and the burning bush. And I'm like, thank you, Lord. This message is for somebody here today. You feel this pounding, man. The Lord is speaking to you to do something. It's there in your chest. Don't. Don't walk out of here. Make a decision. Make a decision. Don't disqualify yourself. Don't disqualify yourself. Let me just finish with this real quick. I love that, 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 that God spoke to Moses and said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It was the first time that that God spoke those words, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, God changed Jacob's name to Israel, just as God changed Abram's name to Abraham. 
But he didn't say, I am the God of Abram, Isaac, and Jacob. He said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why do you think he said that? He was coming to Moses because Moses knew who Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was. Jacob was a trickster, a conniver, a deceiver, a supplanter. That's who Jacob was, but God saw that he was Israel, a prince, a warrior, someone that he could trust. And so when Moses is standing up saying, God, you don't know who I am. I'm a murderer. I'm a convict. I'm on the run. I've got anger issues. You don't know what I am. God comes to him and says, let me tell you who you are. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I know who you are, and I love you when you were yet a sinner, God, Christ came and died for you. You don't have to clean your life up. You don't have to figure everything out. You don't have to get all your ducks in a row. You don't have to tell God that you were looking at porn last night. It doesn't matter. God wants to use you because there's an assignment on your life and he's coming here to tell you, I love you just the way you are. And for that, you can stand up and say, man, I don't deserve it, but I belong. I belong because he loves me. He loves me. Amen. You ready? God bless you guys. So good. So good. I'd like to invite our ministry teams to come forward, BSSM, BSSM alumni, if you guys want to come and line up on the front. Um, we have trained ministry teams who would love to pray for you. But I just can't help but feel like there's a yes hanging in the air today. I wrote down a few thoughts while, while Jerry was sharing. And something just stuck when he said, God hasn't forgotten you. Could you just close your eyes and turn your face up towards heaven tonight? I want to just speak this over you. God hasn't forgotten you. He remembers you. He's memorized you. Every detail, every shade, every nuance. He's memorized it all. And sometimes we can talk ourselves out of the yes. And maybe you're standing in this room this morning and you've tried to disqualify yourself like Jerry was sharing about, but God is the key enabler and the ask is the affirmation. The ask is the promise that he'll empower you with his grace and presence to carry out the task. So this morning, what is he asking from you to surrender? What has he been asking out of you in your life? It might be stepping out into something exceptionally um, brave that makes you feel afraid or it might be something as simple as adjusting your life but he is asking something from you this morning and there's a yes hanging in the air if you'll grab a hold of it so you're standing in this room today and if you do not know Jesus this is your chance this is your moment this is my favorite part of the service it's the most important part it's when we invite someone whose life and heart is separated from God to give it on back to him so if that's you in this room today or online without any one two three or 
trickery or a big buildup, just raise up your hand. If you wanna give your heart to Jesus, if what Jerry was sharing this morning resonated in your life, and if you were to be honest with yourself and with God, there is a gap and a distance between you and him. But I'll tell you something, Jesus died to eliminate the space and to answer all the questions. And if you were to walk out these doors today, separated from him, that is not the intent of his heart. He stacked all of eternity, every moment, building up to this moment for you to hear this message. So if that's you even sitting at home in your kitchen or your living room, raise up your hand. I want to pray for you. Father God, thank you for the gift of your son. What an unfair trade it was. Jesus, you lived perfect and sinless life and died in the most grotesque and brutal way and then re resurrected out of the tomb on the third day to eliminate the space between heaven and earth and to make a path clear between us and you and for us to be able to boldly approach the Father. So this morning, I surrender my life. God, would you forgive me for every sin that I've ever made that's created distance between us. And this morning, I lay it down at your feet. Some of them feel like monsters. Some of them feel like things that will overpower me. But I'm surrendering my need to hold up my guard and defend myself. And I'm surrendering before you this morning, Jesus. You can have it all in Jesus' name. If you prayed that this morning, if I can get that slide up there, the I have decided one, text your name and email to this number. We'd love the opportunity to pray for you. But last but not least, those of you, I believe that when Jerry was speaking, there, there was a dream and a destiny in some of you this morning that you've been rejecting and explaining away to God. And there was some, something of a, of a breath on those coals on your heart for that dream this morning that you felt the stirring of the Lord that maybe he will do it, maybe he'll rise it up raise it up out of your life. If that's you, would you just put your arms up? And I just want to pray over you this morning that God is resurrecting dead dreams in your life. He's reawakening your hope this morning. And as your hands are raising up, I, I just had this chorus go through my mind. I wanted to sing over you. And I feel you now And I won't miss I'm saying yes I'm saying yes Right now What I've been Holding what I've been I release again I'm saying yes I'm saying yes right now. Father, for every yes that was raised up to you this morning, God, let it continue. Let our yes be continual. Father, that when we say yes, no matter what it looks like, no matter the cost, no matter the obstacle, blessing or difficulty, God, mountaintop or valley, we surrender it all to you this morning. And we declare that you are Lord of every part of our heart and in every area of our life. In Jesus' name, Bethel, I bless you to go out of these doors. May you experience and feel the presence of God closer than you ever have before. And may you know that you are loved more fully, deeply, and completely by the creator of the universe than anybody else ever will. And you can walk out here with your head high and your shoulders back because God is for you. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. We have our ministry teams ready for you. These are trained professionals. If you've been asking for a specific word from the Lord, if you need someone to...